Chapter 4 Cody toppled backward as the steel spikes shot through the door. Before she could stop herself, she had let out a high-pitched cry. The spikes had come so close. I could have been killed, she realized. She stared in horror at the sharp, pointed spikes sticking straight out through the door. What's happening here? Bo Montgomery's voice broke through her terrified thoughts. Cody, did you scream? She turned to face him, still trembling all over. Bo, the door! She managed to choke out, pointing. Bo pulled off his blue sunglasses and stared at the rows of spikes in the door. His face reddened and twisted into an angry scowl. Hey, McCarthy, he shouted. McCarthy, get over here! He turned back to Cody. I warn the special effects guys, he muttered. Guess I'm going to have to chew McCarthy out. Trying to force her breathing to return to normal, Cody studied Bo. He was a thin, intense, good-looking guy about 35 or 40, with a high square forehead and long, straight, salt-and-pepper hair pulled back in a ponytail. He always had a day-old stubble of whiskers on his chin and cheeks. He dressed the same every day, a gray sweatshirt, usually with a food stain or two on the chest, baggy, wrinkled chinos, and brown loafers without socks. He seldom removed his blue glasses, even at night. He carried a clipboard with a stack of papers and charts and pages of the script, which he consulted constantly. Cody had taken an instant liking to Bo. He had so much energy. He never stopped moving, and he never stopped talking. He did everything at a rapid pace. It was hard to keep up with him. McCarthy, let's move a guy, Bo called. Sam McCarthy shouted something to two men at one of the trailers. Then he came lumbering across the front lawn toward Bo and Cody. Cody had just met him that morning. McCarthy removed the unlit cigar from his mouth as he stepped up to Bo. The end of the cigar, Cody saw, was wet and chewed up. He wore gray work pants and a tight-fitting Grateful Dead t-shirt that didn't quite cover his bulging belly. McCarthy had beefy arms like those of a football player. His delicate hands didn't seem to belong to such arms. What's up, Chief? McCarthy asked Bo, breathless from hurrying up the lawn. He wiped sweat off his red forehead with the back of one hand. You find a rat in your back pocket? Bo scowled. No joke, Sam. He pointed to the front door. I warned you guys. We've got to know the plan here. Huh? What's the problem? He asked. I need a list of what's in place and what isn't, Bo replied. I know you've got green goo upstairs and blood ready too, right? But I'm not clear on what else is ready. And we nearly had a serious accident here, Sam. Bo pointed to the front door. Cody accidentally sprung the spikes. She could have been skewered like a roast on the spit. McCarthy's eyes bulged his round face turning even redder. Hey, Chief, we aren't doing spikes, he said, scratching his scout through his short white hair. Where's the checklist? Ernie's got it. He just went back to rigging the kitchen, but I know the list, Bo, and I know what we brought. No spikes, no way. Cody shuddered. The house is up to its old tricks, she thought, edging closer to Bo. I want to see the list, Bo insisted stubbornly. I should have a copy anyway, he turned to Cody. You okay? Cody nodded. I'm still a little shaky, but I'm okay, I guess. McCarthy shoved the unlit cigar back into his mouth. He stared again at the steel spikes, frowning and muttering to himself. Then his expression changed. Hey, Chief, got a second? I want to show you what Ernie and I rigged up in the kitchen. You're doing the garbage disposal scene first, right? Bo shuffled through the pages on the clipboard. Yeah, first thing after break. Cody swallowed hard. Am I really going to have to relive the horrifying scene, she asked herself. The memory rolled over her like an ocean wave. That night, two years ago, she was in the house with Callie and Anthony, a boy Callie was going out with. The boy Rob was playing in the movie. Anthony was helping out with the dishes after dinner. They heard his screams from the kitchen. They ran in to find him with his hand deep in the sink drain, the garbage disposal roaring, roaring. 
Anthony's hand mangled and bloody, Anthony screaming. Later, when Anthony came out of the hospital, he wouldn't speak to Callie or Cody, and he never came near the house again. And now here I am, Cody thought, back in the house, ready to see the ghastly scene again. Only this time it isn't real, she told herself. This time it's all pretend. Let's check it out, Bo said, lowering his clipboard. Where's Rob? It's his scene. He spotted Rob in the driveway, talking to Angie, the script assistant. Hey, Rob, time to work. Meet you in the kitchen. He turned back to Cody. Where's Persia? She's in the scene, too. Cody shrugged. I haven't seen her since... Persia won't come out of her trailer, Rob reported, jogging across the grass. She what? Bo demanded. Persia says she won't come out until she gets her own fruit basket, Rob told the director. He went to Cody. The fruit on the table has been all pawed over and it's unsanitary. Bo let out a moan and tossed his clipboard into the air. As he caught it, a strange smile crossed his face. Know what I should do? I should tell Persia's parents how their little girl is behaving. That won't help, Rob replied. Why not? Persia's parents work for her, Rob told him. Her mom is her secretary. Her dad is her manager. Bo's smile faded. All right. Come on, guys. Let Persia sit in her trailer. We'll check out the kitchen without her. Bo pushed open the front door. Cody followed him into the house, a hundred horrifying memories shoving into her mind at once. The pounding of hammers and the shrill whine of a power saw cut through Cody's thoughts. The crew had spread out over the living room, setting up lights, painting, wallpapering, moving furniture into place, the finishing touches. From the front entryway, Cody trained her eyes on a living room window. If Persia is still in her trailer, who did I see in the window, Cody asked herself. She didn't have time to think about it. Rob pulled her back into the kitchen. Cody took a deep breath and held it. She expected to be overwhelmed by the kitchen, by the memories it would bring back. But the room had been completely rebuilt. New cabinets, new appliances, new floor, new everything. Cody was relieved that she didn't receive the emotional jolt she expected. After stepping over a bundle of electrical cables, they made their way to the sink. McCarthy's tiny blue eyes lit up as he motioned to the train. I think this will work out really well, he said. He grabbed Rob's arm. Here, stick your hand in. Huh? Rob pulled back. It won't bite you, McCarthy insisted, grinning around the stub of his wet cigar. Put your hand in a drain, all the way in, then pull it out. Rob hesitated. Bo motioned impatiently with the clipboard. Give him a demo, Sam. Run through it for him. McCarthy shrugged. It's simple. You just stick your hand all the way in the drain, then you start to scream your head off. You mean over the sound of the garbage disposal, Rob asked, peering warily into the drain. No garbage disposal sound, he told Rob. We'll put the grinding sound in later at the studio. Now, when you stick your hand in, McCarthy continued, you'll slip it into a special rubber glove. The glove is positioned in the drain. You slip your hand all the way in, then you pull it out. The glove has blood all over it, and the fingers are all chewed up. It looks great. Gross, Rob muttered. Cody lingered behind them, trying to force away the horrifying memories. This is a movie, she repeated to herself. This is a movie. We'll need the water running, right? Bo asked, rubbing his chin. Yeah, here, McCarthy replied. He reached out and turned the knob. Cold water streamed from the sink faucet into the drain. The glove is positioned so it won't fill with water, he explained to Rob. Go ahead, give it a try, he motioned to the drain. We'd better try it two or three times, Bo suggested. I want to make sure the rubber glove stays in place. Rob stepped up to the sink and stuck out his hand, peering down into the drain. Cody stepped closer to get a better view. Water splashed into the sink. Rob lowered his hand to the drain. Again, he hesitated. Then he raised his hand and shook his head, frowning. He turned to Bo. I'm sorry. I just have the weirdest feeling. 
We need to rehearse this, Bo insisted calmly. Go ahead. Just take the plunge, man. You need to get the feel of the rubber glove, McCarthy added. Go ahead. There's nothing down there that can hurt you. Rob glanced at Cody, his cheeks pink. She could see that he was embarrassed to making such a big deal about this. He leaned over the sink. Then he lowered his hand toward the train. Lower. Lower. Here goes, he said softly. Chapter 5 Cody stared into the sink. Water from the faucet splashed onto Rob's hand. The bright overhead lights reflected in the aluminum sink made the water shimmer and gleam. Rob hesitated once again. He stood up. I, I'm sorry, he stammered, shaking his head. His auburn hair fell over his forehead. I'm just having trouble. Step back, son, McCarthy said gently. He put a hand on Rob's shoulder and guided him back. Cody followed. You know what your problem is? You've read the script. You know what happens. Everyone laughed. Tense laughter. I try to get my actors not to read ahead, but they just won't learn, Bo joked. Is that why you won't give us the last ten pages of the script? Cody asked. Bo grinned at her. No one knows the ending except me, he told her. I want everyone to be surprised. McCarthy stepped up to the sink and turned to Rob. Now watch. I'll run through it once. Then you try, okay? Thanks, Rob replied, blushing. I'm sorry I'm acting like such a jerk. We'll all act like jerks before this picture is over, Bo assured him. Everyone except me, of course. More tense laughter. Cody and Rob stepped up to watch. McCarthy leaned over the sink. Do it in one quick motion like this, he told Rob. McCarthy plunged his hand into the drain. Cody let out a startled cry as she felt someone push her hard from behind, and she bumped the sink front. Her cry was instantly drowned out by the grinding of the guard's disposal as it churned to life. The grinding became a roar. McCarthy's mouth dropped open. The cigar stub fell into the swirling water in the sink, the swirling red water. An almost inhuman screech burst from deep inside McCarthy. As he pulled back, falling away from the sink, his arm shot up in the air. The rubber glove dropped to the floor with a wet smack. McCarthy gripped his wrist, holding the hand high above him, staring up at it, howling, howling like a wild animal. Cody swallowed hard and stared at the hand. Blood spurted up into the air, flowing down McCarthy's arm. Red as raw hamburger, McCarthy's fingers fell loosely on his cut and mangled palm. No, Cody thought. No, this isn't happening. This isn't happening again. Then McCarthy's howling drowned out all of their thoughts. Chapter 6 I'll make this short, Bo said, tilting his chair back and crossing his legs. He rubbed his stubble of a beard with one hand. His eyes, usually lively and intense, appeared red-rimmed, tired. He replaced his blue glasses. It's been a long day. For everyone, he said softly. He had called them into the trailer he used as an office. Sitting between Rob and Persia, Cody glanced out the trailer window at the setting sun, red behind the dark silhouettes of trees. Rob leaned forward in his folding chair. He hadn't changed. His shirt had dark splashes of blood on the front. Persia yawned loudly. She twirled her blonde wig in her hands. Her own crimped black hair hung down to her shoulders. When Bud and I did our research for the script, Bo continued, we ran across a lot of strange stories about this street. Fear Street. Of course, we didn't really believe any of them. They're true, Cody murmured. I lived one of them. Rob squeezed her hand. She saw Persia roll her eyes obnoxiously. Well, I'm not sure if I'm ready to believe them yet or not, Bo said frowning. But after what happened to McCarthy a few hours ago, I think we all have to be super careful. Is he going to be okay? Rob asked. Bo shrugged. 
I got word from Shadyside General. He's resting comfortably, but they can't fix his hand. He's going to lose all the fingers. He removed his glasses again and pinched the bridge of his nose. Rob let out a gasp. Cody swallowed hard. How awful, Persia murmured. Glancing up, Cody realized that Bo's eyes were locked on her. Did you stumble, or what? Bo asked. Huh? Cody didn't understand. In the kitchen, you fell forward and bumped the garbage disposal on. I saw you. No, Cody started to protest. It wasn't me. I mean, her voice trailed off. I don't know what happened. I know how freaked you must be, Bo said, to be back here, in the house and all. But we're behind you, Cody. We're pulling for you. We all know you're going to be terrific. He flashed Persia a meaningful look. Persia continued twirling the wig and pretended she wasn't interested. I hope you can keep it together, Bo told Cody. I mean, you're terribly important to this production. He's blaming me for McCarthy's accident, Cody realized. He doesn't want to come right out and say it. He doesn't want to say, you pushed the button that started up the disposal and ruined McCarthy's life. So he's giving me a pep talk instead. I'm going to do my best, Cody vowed in a low voice. I really want to do well, Bo. I know you went out on a limb for me. All for the publicity, Persia muttered, her eyes on Rob. Bo leaned forward in his chair, narrowing his eyes at Persia. What did you say? Persia continued to fiddle with a blonde wig. I said you hired Cody for the publicity, you know, so all the magazines would write about how the actual sister is playing a part in her own family's horror movie. Bo's mouth dropped open, his cheeks colored behind the stubble. I hired Cody because she's a talented actress, he told Persia. He said it softly patiently, as if explaining something to a child. I really hate this wig, it's so tacky, Persia complained. She was deliberately changing the subject, Cody realized. Persia had gotten her nasty dig in about why Cody was here. That's all she cared about. Talk to wardrobe, Bo told her. Persia held the wig up in front of her. I guess it's supposed to be tacky, she turned to Cody. It's supposed to look like you, right? Cody opened her mouth to utter an angry reply, but Rob broke the tension by laughing. He put a hand on Persia's shoulder. Hey, Persia, don't be so friendly. You'll ruin your image. Persia made a disgusted face and wriggled her shoulder out of Rob's grasp. Rob, you're really great in your dog food commercial, she said nastily. Really, that was your best work. Come on, guys. We start shooting tomorrow. We've got to work together, right? And by the way, we won't be doing the kitchen scene. It's going to take a while to clean up in there. We're going to do some close-up stuff instead. You know, reaction shots, in the backyard, just to get warmed up. Rob let out a sigh of relief. The light in the trailer suddenly faded. It took Cody a few seconds to realize that something had blocked the sunlight from the window. She turned to see a face staring in at her. Oh! Cody let out a low cry. She recognized the man. He was so pale. His round black eyes peered in at her. What was his name? Where did she know him from? Who is that? She cried. Oh, yeah. I've got to talk to him, Bo said, getting up from the chair. He had to stoop. His name is Lori, I think. He's a local real estate guy. He's leasing us the house. See you guys later. Get lots of sleep, okay? I want beautiful faces tomorrow. He pushed past them and lowered himself out of the trailer. Lori. Lori. He looked so familiar, Cody thought, a knot of dread tightening in her stomach. Was he the man who sold Daddy the house two years ago? She struggled to remember as she followed Rob and Persia out onto the street. At the bottom of the driveway, the catering crew was packing up. Electrical workers on the front lawn were closing up their cases, putting away their equipment, preparing to leave. There's the car to take us to the hotel, Rob said, pointing. You coming? I have my own car, Persia told him. 
Besides, I've rented a house. I'm not staying in a hotel. I'm coming, Cody said. But Persia blocked her path. Listen, Cody, I, I wanted to apologize for my jokes, she said, her dark eyes studying Cody. I have a rotten sense of humor. Everyone tells me that, she shrugged. That's okay, Cody replied, trying not to show how surprised she was by this unexpected apology. Well, I just wanted to tell you one thing, Cody, Persia continued, speaking in a low, confidential voice. If you're too freaked out by all this, I mean, if you're too scared and upset, I think everyone will understand if you drop out of the picture. A cruel smile formed in her full lips. You mean quit, Cody cried angrily. Persia nodded, her smile growing wider. No way, Cody insisted shrilly. No way, Persia. I'm going to act in this movie whether you like it or not. Don't raise your voice to me, Persia snapped haughtily. I was just trying to save you from embarrassing yourself. Well, I don't need your help, Cody sputtered, balling her hands into tight fists. You need all the help you can get, Persia uttered. Cody wasn't really sure what came next or how the fight started. It all happened so fast. Did she shove Persia? Did Persia shove her? Were they really grappling with each other, wrestling, trying to knock each other down? It all seemed to be outside them, part of a movie, a really violent action movie, except that it hurt when Persia pulled Cody's hair, and Cody's heart was pounding so hard she had to struggle to breathe, and then Persia's fist struck hard, so hard. Persia, stop! Was that Cody shrieking like that? Stop! You're hurting me! Chapter 7 Strong hands grabbed Cody by the shoulders and pulled her back. Whoa, whoa, easy now, whoa. Rob stepped in front of Persia, blocking her from Cody. Bo pulled Cody into the shade of the trailer. Her chest heaving, gasping for breath, she pressed her back against the metal wall. Bo moved toward Persia, bewildered. What was that about? he demanded softly. Bo always stays calm, Cody realized, trying to slow her racing heart. The angrier he gets, the quieter he speaks. Just getting in the mood, Persia replied, pushing damp strands of crimped black hair off her forehead. I mean, I'm trying to get the feelings right. Huh? Rob gasped at her in disbelief. You mean? Bo shook his head, frowning at Persia. Cody and I are very competitive sisters, right? Persia said, straightening the bottom of her tank top. We don't get along at all, so I'm just trying to get into character. I'm just trying to get my angry juices flowing. You know, get into the competitive spirit. But Persia, Cody protested. Persia opened her eyes wide as she turned to Cody. Hey, you didn't think I was really angry, did you? You knew I was acting, right? Persia didn't give Cody a chance to reply. If you couldn't tell I was acting, you really are in bad shape, she declared. Persia is doing everything she can to make me look bad in front of Bo, Cody realized. Bo rubbed his chin, his eyes on Persia. I appreciate your dedication, he said dryly. But it's a little late for rehearsing, don't you think? Whatever, Persia muttered. Ciao, everyone. She waved, flashing Cody a triumphant smile. Then she turned and made her way quickly to the white stretch limo waiting for her at the end of the trailers. I don't believe her, Cody declared, starting to feel a little more normal. Save your anger, Bo told her. Remember how you feel right now. Save it for when we shoot. You'll need it. Shaking his head, he hurried up the lawn to talk to the sound crew. You okay? Rob asked, his expression concerned. Yeah, I guess, Cody replied shakily. Persia thinks she can get away with anything, doesn't she? She probably can, Rob replied seriously. Ready to go to your hotel? He pointed to the black car waiting across the street. Know what? I'm going to cool out my trailer for a while, Cody replied. Just till I catch my breath. Send the car back for me, okay? She could see the disappointment on Rob's face. I think he likes me, Cody thought. The idea pleased her. But then she told herself, Rob seems to like everyone. He's a really friendly, warm, outgoing guy. 
Don't start getting ideas, Cody, she scolded herself. Rob grew up in Beverly Hills. He's been around movie and TV stars his whole life. Why would he be interested in me? But then, to her complete surprise, he leaned forward, wrapped his arms around her shoulders, and kissed her. A long kiss. A hungry kiss. Cody felt so startled. She just stood there at first, but then she eagerly returned the kiss, moving her mouth over his. He turned away quickly, ending the kiss, and started toward the car with long, loping strides. I'll be in my room later, he called back to her, if you want to call me. She watched him climb into the back seat of the car. He gave her a quick wave as the driver pulled away. Cody shut her eyes. She could still taste Rob's lips on hers. Does he really like me, she wondered, or was he just acting, like Persia, trying to get into character? He's just an actor. They're all actors. She realized she wasn't thinking clearly. It had been such an upsetting, exciting, horrifying day. A day of one emotion piling on top of another. She climbed the three low steps and pushed open the door to her trailer. The sun had lowered behind the trees. She stepped into the darkness, pulled the door shut behind her, and made her way blindly to the low couch against the wall. Darkness. Cool, quiet darkness, she thought. She lay down and stretched out on the unfamiliar couch. The leather felt cool against her skin. The air inside the trailer smelled stale. She lowered an arm over her eyes, seeking complete darkness. I probably should have gone back to the hotel, she thought. But I need a few minutes alone, a few minutes to catch my breath, to think. She pictured Persia. Persia's taunting eyes, Persia's cruel smile. How am I going to deal with her? How? Cody wondered. I can't ignore her. We'll be working together for weeks and weeks. We have so many scenes together. I can't try to compete with her. There's no way I can be as sarcastic and cutting. And I don't want to be. I can't compete with her. But can I get along with her? With these troubled thoughts floating through her mind, Cody drifted into a troubled sleep. A knock on the door startled her awake. At first, staring into blackness, she had no idea where she was. The coolness of the couch under her hands reminded her. When did I fall asleep, she wondered. How long have I been sleeping? Her t-shirt clung to her back. Her throat felt dry and sore. She reached out, struggling to find a lamp switch, but she lowered her hand when she heard the knocks. Three short, soft knocks. Tap, tap, tap. A pause, then three more. Tap, tap, tap. No, she cried in a choked whisper. The soft tapping on the trailer door sent chills down her back. She jumped to her feet. I remember those knocks. Yeah, I remember them. The soft knocks of a ghost. Standing stiffly in the darkness of the narrow trailer, Cody froze. Tap, tap, tap. The same sounds Cody had tapped on Callie's bedroom door. Two years ago, Cody had pretended to be a ghost. Late at night, she had knocked softly like that on her sister's door. Three soft taps, then three more. But now Callie was dead, and Cody was standing frozen in a strange, dark trailer, her neck tingling with fear, her skin cold, her heart thudding, listening, listening to the same soft taps, remembering, listening. Callie, is that you? Tap, tap, tap. Cody dove for the door, pushed it open with both hands, and peered out. 